but I think let's let's put a micro a microscope or a magnifying glass on the people that actually work in the trenches, the work the people who work in the industry, and let's see what it's like to be one of these um. <clears throat> one of these builders inside this space or what what's it like working within the whole crypto and web3 industry and with that i'd like to open up the floor to everyone else in the rest of the team rather for this next segment of our episode so when we talk about working in crypto and web3 the first thing that comes into mind is that oh i can code i can create all these blockchain specific um technology smart contracts but Basically, the industry is more than just the technical aspect of it. And I'd like to ask Shrish, one of our video editors as well, um, to talk about what, is, what it is like to work in the crypto and Web3 industry without being part of that technical aspect, so to speak. So Shrish, go ahead. So I think uh, the biggest, so obviously, as you said, because I don't get to work with the technical aspects of Web3 and blockchain and crypto, uh, but I think one of the best parts about being in the industry is the passion because right now all of us, the entire industry is building itself up. So that passion, I think it's very, uh, like, I'm not sure, it, 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 it just keeps on, like, you can see it all throughout the industry. The passion, it's just there. It's very contagious. And on top of that, I think certain fundamentals of being in the Web3 space, for example, being decentralized and all the other things, I think... Specifically speaking about our company, I think even though we have changed quite a lot ever since I joined, I think it's been over two years now, almost. So we have changed quite a lot, but yet we have stuck by the fundamentals of, of Web3 and the ideology which we at least started the company. And so overall, the experience has been like, it's been incredibly passionate. It's been incredibly uh, like grounded in terms of like we've had our anchor points when it came to company. And then secondly, I always felt like even though I don't get to work with the consultants uh, that much uh, or I'm not that technically gifted in, in a lot of ways, but I still feel like I have a voice. Uh, my voice matters and there are a lot of factors where I get to be a part of a conversation. Uh, and I think that is that is something that is very unique to the Web3 space because uh, I've had an experience working you know, in traditional companies as well and it was very different. It was vastly different. And I think that is incredible about Web3, that it is not just a money-making sort of industry, although there's a lot of money involved, there's there's a lot of finance involved. But I think the important part is there are values involved as well, uh, which which makes it really fun and meaningful to work in it. And obviously, there are because as I said, we are building this industry as well. So there are a lot of stakes involved as well, which just makes it you know very fun to work in. Thank you so much, Trish. And I'd like to ask Elliot, um, our head of remote here at Economics Design, on what the perception of the industry is. And now that you're working in it, what's the reality of working inside the space? So I think I have a quite unique uh, perspective about this industry because I have worked in different parts of it. When I first began in 2016, it was uh, still a very new kind of space um, for everyone. And uh, I, I began by actually exploring the kind of uh, technology and what it's going to do for us as society and as humans, not just the interesting stuff around finance and, you know, 
coming from a finance background, I was interested in that. But what piqued my interest was the real kind of notion that this is a technology that's going to change how we actually interact at a kind of deeper level than what people are thinking. So uh, with that, I, um, I wondered how I could actually get into this space. And it didn't feel very approachable at the time, but I just went to a lot of meetups and started exploring uh, the different concepts and ideas and then started really drilling down into the technology. So I began to, to teach the, about the technology and create workshops and um, you know really show that this is a technology that has impact. It can be learned and explored in a really interesting and dynamic way. And, uh, you know, people can learn about it in an easy way as well, because I think the perception is that Web3 and also blockchain, crypto, whatever you want to call it, is a difficult thing to get your mind around. But actually, when you when you break it down, it's, it's pretty simple, actually. Um, so, you know, starting from there and then looking and, and watching the transition from uh, that to to now and seeing how the industry has kind of grown and mushroomed. I think for me at the moment, um, the industry has this perception of it still being a bit of a murky space, but it's not. Just like Lisa mentioned at the very beginning, we have a whole bunch of beautiful things going on, lots of dynamic uh, personalities, ideas, ideologies and philosophies being poured into what people are creating. And that's actually the essence of what I really enjoy about Web3. We've got so many different people, so many diverse, different uh, perspectives and things happening. Um, and it felt to me like, uh, especially when you, you look at how we interact as a team, uh, we're from all over the place and we come together. We have our different notions, our different ways of working, etc. But we move things forward in a way that feels fluid and dynamic. And that is just the Web3 space in, in its uh, kind of own essence. So, yeah, I, I, I really enjoy working in Web3. I might not be on the kind of front lines like you guys in, in consulting, but I understand the, the space from that perspective. And then I also bring the kind of humanness and the uh, dynamic of how you actually interact through, uh, you know, remote working um, to, to help you and everyone else kind of collaboratively move the, the space and ecosystem forward. I think a very nice thing to tie in what I listened to and what Sri said is the the idea that everyone is very passionate in Web3. And you can tell that very much because one thing we didn't talk about throughout the entire history of Web3 is all the bear markets. And bear markets are absolutely terrible. Fun fact, I created the start of the company because of a bear market. I wanted to study PhD and then every everyone's like, oh yeah, but you know, it's the bear market. No one's going to talk about crypto anymore. No one's going to cite my paper. I'm not going to talk about crypto. When it's comments back again, then I'll talk about I'll do research in crypto again. So I thought, ah, I'm not going to wait for the next bull market. Then why don't we start a company and then we do research and then we can apply the research in a practitioner way. And then I get feedback from, it's not just academic and just working on paper, but I get to put them in practice. And throughout this entire journey, you just meet all sorts of people who are interested to change. People are in general polymaths and people are really passionate about what they do. It's it's really heartening to see that. And you know they always say it's not about the, the destinations, the journey and the friends you make along the way. You make a lot, you meet a lot of brilliant people. And it's just heartwarming to know that there are people that want to make a change. And this technology allows us, provides us the tool 
to do that. And that's that's just beautiful. Thank you, Lisa, for sharing that. And yeah, as you mentioned, we have a lot of passionate people here at Economics Design. And one of the other passionate people here are the ones that are not actually seen in the front lines, as Elliot mentioned. We have a lot of passionate people working in the back end, working, and without them, economic economic design will not really function. So I'd like to ask June, our head of finance as well, of when it's on what it, what it's like to be working in the crypto and Web3 industry. Yeah, well, um, I think working in the Web3, um, firstly, due to the very decentralized nature of this industry, we have a very distributed and global team. So we always need to collaborate with our colleagues from different time zone, different culture. And so the culture part actually steps in um, in a critical manner. So Elliot is also quite very important in this aspect. He builds all the culture and that's how we actually collaborate with each other seamlessly. So another thing I would say is that because this space, the regulation is still ever evolving. So the consultants need to be very well versed in the legal, the compliance aspects of the blockchain. So for finance, we although we do not deal with this directly in the front line, but we need to understand um, how all these may impact the financial aspects of the company in the short run and in the long run. Yeah. Well, we had we had our some we spend a lot of time up just because we have a third party like Copsec and they, they do our books as well and we spend yeah. a lot of time educating them how to use MetaMask and I had like two several two hour sessions with them just to explain how MetaMask works how transactions work and how do they reflect in the book yeah they don't they didn't really understand that so thanks Jude because you were always the one there speaking to them and getting them involved as well they're not but three at all but they have to do these things because we are a legitimate company that has to pay taxes thank thank you so much um and lastly uh the last member who we haven't really gotten to hear her voice yet aiko so what what is it like to be working in this industry and how how do you find it so far thank you enzo hey there um Actually, for me, it's kind of a different perspective as well. Um, working in crypto or Web3 is very, very, very new to me. Um, I've never been exposed to crypto even before economics design. Uh, I was only aware of its growing popularity as a trend, but I haven't uh, delved deeper uh, into its details. Uh, I thought, I even thought I was the only one who's left behind. But in this journey, I know I'm not alone. I am part of a vibrant community that is driving the crypto or Web3 revolution forward. So as I continue to immense myself in this space, I anticipate the uh, discoveries that lie ahead, uh, the relationships that will be built. And actually, I got into different uh, industries, but I feel that this industry is on a different level. Uh, when I took my first steps in 
economics design last year, 2022, I felt that um, working in crypto or Web3 is quite challenging and exciting at the same time. Uh, moreover, through Lisa, I also witnessed that the sense of community in within crypto or Web3 is awe-inspiring. This community opens doors to connecting with um, like-minded individuals who share the same passion for this field. Uh, also, working in crypto or Web3 has um, provided me with um, a profound sense of purpose and an unwavering excitement for the possibilities um, I mentioned earlier that lie on the horizon. It's a space where challenges are embraced, um, knowledge is uh, continuously sought, and transformation is not only witnessed, but um, actively participated in. And lastly, given that this is uh, that its industry is known for its um, fast-paced environment, uh, I feel grateful that I'll be updated and learning continuously about, um, let's say, emerging technologies and especially fostering problem-solving and, of course, transformation. Thank you. That's really insightful, Aiko, all that learning for someone who's actually new to the space. So that's also a benefit for you as well as you get to expose yourself to the different trends in the industry. And as mentioned previously by one of my colleagues, basically economic design is a company that's all over the world. So we have colleagues from Singapore, the Philippines, Canada, Brazil, India, um, Thailand slash England <laughs> and basically we have a remote first culture and I'd like to ask again welcome back Elliot to try and talk more about establishing that remote first culture so I think we've discussed it a little bit around the uh, philosophies and ideology of web3 I get the sense that um, when I first came into this space it was a very different industry and ecosystem and community. It felt vibrant, open, and people actually were willing to share their knowledge. They wanted to get to know one another and just explore what was going on. And for me, that was a very different situation to uh, my previous life in the finance world, which is very much a closed uh, ecosystem and you need to know certain people, etc., in order to do something or move through the space. So for me, taking that essence of what Web3 and blockchain crypto is and feeding that into uh, a remote first environment like we have here, the first thing that I really focused on was what, what can we do to open up the uh, communication of information and also make sure that it is accessible and transparent and you have the ability to tap into whatever you need uh, you know, wherever you need to, to get it. Um, because we are all over the place. We have multiple different time zones and that comes with beautiful uh, challenges around how to actually get come together. But if you open up the doors and, and go default open with 
the knowledge, the information, and then also the spaces and places that you can come together, um, it creates a, a far more kind of smooth and fluid way of, of being able to collaborate and just move things forward. So that's really the, the first thing that I would share is, is when we looked at how we wanted to mold and craft our remote first environment, the first thing was default transparency, default openness, and just making sure that we all have the ability to find information. Um, so we use things like Discord to, to communicate if it's more in a rapid pace. Uh, and then also our Notion system, which allows us to collaborate at, at a deeper level. Um, and I think both those tools have really helped us to uh, come together, get the knowledge and move things forward super quick. Thank you for that edit. And yeah, I'd like to quickly shout out our colleagues from the US as well. I forgot to mention. And we also have colleagues from um, Serbia and Indonesia. So yeah, forgot. Sorry about that, guys. Just forgot about it. And yeah, I mean, I want to hear with the others as well. Um, okay, we're in a remote first culture that Elliot really made an effort on establishing in economic design. And how about the consultants or the people in the back office? What do, how do you find this remote work culture that we have at economics design? And the floor is open. Anyone can just speak. I think it's definitely, uh, you know, it's a great experience. Um, having worked in large offices and work, you know, I used to work up in San Francisco on, uh, in the financial district and you know every day you're going into the office you're in there by uh by nine you're racing for the train by 4 15 um and you know it it is very rigid and you know isn't necessarily uh adapted to you know people with families and people you know just in the kind of the new work culture that we have now so you know one of the great things about working remote is you can really set your hours um, sometimes you wake up at 6 a.m to do a podcast um, uh, you know, other times Sorry you can work, uh, <laughs> other times, you know, you can work into the evenings and you can have a couple of hours for the family in the afternoon. Um, you know, as long as you're getting, getting stuff done, that flexibility is really nice. Yeah, I can, I can hop in here, um, and contribute with my two cents, but I think the the key word that you mentioned is flexibility. Um, a lot of things we talk about here is, that Web3 is a very new industry and that everything that we're doing, it's experimentation and it's trying to push new ideas and create new ways of doing things. So I think the remote culture only um, kind of like reinforces this mindset so that you have the responsibility of doing whatever you have to, you know what you have to deliver, but at the same time, you have full flexibility to do what you think is best for the company. So I think, um, yes, the routine part is very good. So not needing to spend time um, in traffic and all of these things are definitely a plus. But I think that at the end of the day is really a flexibility for your routine that you can apply um, in other things. So, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tackle this from another angle. Um, so I think we can all agree with the fact that it gives us flexibility that, that also comes with the challenges of multiple time zones and all that kind of stuff. And we, we got used to it and we put the processes in place. And, and I have to say thank you uh, mainly for Elliot because he was leading all those efforts. Uh, I'm going to attack this from the angle of working in remote school, uh, but there's something that we miss from working at an office, uh, which is the human interaction, the physical interaction of being at the same office with other people and taking a coffee break, for example, with your, with your uh, colleagues. And um, 
on that front, uh, we did a lot of efforts as well uh, to make sure that we also socialize. We're not just having meetings to talk about like work. Uh, we also have meetings to talk about what's happening in our lives, to socialize between each other, to become friends. And they do have uh, an impact on the way we collaborate and the way we help each other. And uh, also having physical meetings, uh, like meeting in person with people, like having to see them and touch them and interact with them and have a drink with them also creates a, a bigger bond. So. Um, that human touch point and human side is something that we cannot forget about because no matter how great our remote culture is, we're all humans and we interact with humans and we need to keep that uh, in the back end of our mind. We're not just like a, <laughs> we're not just like employees or or numbers. You may be. You just say touch. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah, guys. Oh my god, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, not a touchy type of guy, but like, you get my point. (laughs) Yep. And for the context of our listeners, we meet each other physically as well. Sometimes we get together, um, in different conferences where we have the chance to work together physically and yeah, just bond together as well. And Kiefer, you were saying something. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, just to add on to what Femi was saying about some of the importance of having quality or adding on in terms of having the importance of quality remote uh, culture as well. So not just the idea of working remotely versus in person, but just thinking about uh, if, what can be done effectively synchronously versus asynchronously. Um, for example, I, I previously had a had a remote job that I don't think did remote very well. Of It was entirely asynchronous messages through Telegram, never had a Zoom call, and didn't, didn't, wasn't really great for actually connecting with people or having the most efficient communication at times. And so there's definitely v- different varieties of uh, effective remote work, and I think this, this company is doing a, a good job of exploring different ways to do that and continually improve. Yep, I like the the one you highlighted about the asynchronous um, communication because it's not just about us meeting together physically or meeting together at the same time, but then all about the flexibility of talking with each other through our the different tools that we use, especially through Notion. Uh, Elliot, sorry, you were about to say something? Just that I find it funny that Zoom thinks that they can't do Zoom anymore. <laughs> So, you know, they've asked everyone to come back to the office and they are the kind of pinnacle and spearhead of remote working. Um, I find it funny that 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 is happening at the moment. And that's a a trend, actually, that a lot of companies are uh, like asking their team to come back to their office because they haven't figured out remote work. And I'm not saying that we figured it out at all. And I'll be the first one who is first in charge of, of actually moving the remote culture forward. But the I'll be the first one to admit that we can do a lot more to bring us together as a team and, and get to know each other, etc. But I think that by having someone dedicated to really focusing on remote working and thinking about how we come together and you'll always hear me speaking about the how do we get the human in there, right? It's not just about, you know, text on a screen or speaking to, you know, squares on a box. It's really about being intentional with how you bring people together and and create those spaces and places to build an understanding of not just us work beings, but we are whole human beings, right? So it's it's really important to understand that. 
so I just wanted to to share that and and I'm enjoying that you know we're not remote first we oh, sorry we're remote first but we're not remote only is what I usually say and that's that's been really beautiful to you know meet a couple of you guys uh, in when we came together in Kuala Lumpur and that was one of our ways of coming together and just moving from the digital to the physical and uh, we didn't touch each other but we definitely enjoyed seeing each other right. <laughs> It sure, sounds like Elliot just sure. scheduled our next uh, company offsite. So, uh, you know, let us know uh, <laughs> when and where that's going to be. Yeah. I nominate and... Bali. Yeah, here it's lovely. Oh, sure. Bali. Let's, go let's, let's go. Let's go. We can we can meet each other in the Philippines as well. So, Aiko and I don't have to travel far. <laughs> but yeah, I, I also would like to hear from Shrish about this remote remote first culture. Go ahead, Shrish. Yeah, I, I think everyone has already talked about a lot of stuff, a lot of perks of being a remote first company or remote uh, or working in a remote environment. But something uh, I think uh, that is very personal to me is is the fact that we are remote. Uh, for now, we are working all remotely and yet there's like incredible degree of trust involved as well. Like I never, like it's, it's as I said, it's almost been like two years for me working in the company. And I don't remember a single day that I was being micromanaged. Like Lisa never asked me, where's the video? What is going on? Uh, and I think one of the reasons is Lisa's emphasis as a company founder on accountability. Like we'll give you the freedom, we'll give you the flexibility, but you have to get your job done. And a lot of us have been doing that happily. Like there's not been any friction. Uh, one other part, which is kind of related to that is also how snappy the communication is. Uh, because I think this is also where Elliot has sort of uh, divided communication into two parts. There's the Notion system and then there's Discord. So I, I also, like despite the time differences, I don't remember a day where I had to wait like four to five days for a single reply. Uh, almost all the time I get my answers and then I can move ahead with, with my work. Like I don't remember, despite being in this challenging position where we have team all over the world, um, I know that most of us will be sleeping right now, as, as uh, Rob also said, that it's 6 a.m. for him right now. And yet, it's, it's, it's fascinating how we're also putting, we're, also, we're all putting in efforts into communicating as well, which is kind of not talked about enough uh, at times, uh, because you can always, like, it's, it's very possible for people to say that, hey, it's, it's 5 p.m. or 6, 6 p.m. already, it's, it's over. I'm done with work. I, yeah. So what, even then, I think there comes the passion, there comes the trust, and there comes the company culture that Elliot has managed to, uh, you know, uh, grow in the company, where we care for what other team members are doing. We really care about how the videos are doing and what the consultants are doing and how they're managing their day. And one other thing, which is again linked to that, is uh, the fact that we also, like, the, the leadership of the team takes care of individual team members through one-on-ones. Uh, which is, uh, I think it's a very own thing because I haven't seen a lot of companies do that yet. Uh, but that is where we discuss about how we're doing professionally, personally, mentally. Uh, and it's, it, I, I really look forward to that time of the week, oftentimes, where I get to share about uh, how things have been going. And then I also get clarity about how things are going on the upper, upper end of the company and all those things. So it's, it's been a beautiful experience. There's a lot of compassion. There's a lot of you know consideration involved. And... Obviously, there's a lot of trust, trust involved as well. Like our processes are almost all the time uh, on point and on time, which is which is really something that that's overlooked. Yeah. 
Thank you. And I like to highlight basically the fact that it's that the term work-life balance has changed a little bit. It's now more of like work-life integration. As you mentioned, Trish, like it doesn't matter if it's like, for example, for us, it's 11 a.m., 11 p.m. here. For Rob, it was like 6 a.m. But then because we all would like to contribute for the benefit of the company and we just like each other, um, we, we don't mind basically going up or staying up for these awkward hours. And speaking of awkward hours, like I want to hear from Aiko. Um, Aiko, you work closely with Lisa and Lisa's been traveling the world lately. So like in terms of remote work culture, how have you, how is your perspective on that whole um, time zone differences? And yeah, just being able to communicate, especially with Lisa throughout this whole process. Yes, um, actually, I have to admit that it's been tough. It's overwhelming. Uh, but of course, since we're in a Web3 industry, we're in a remote um, culture where uh, we are in a different time zone, we have, of course, to adjust. I have to adjust uh, with the time. And you know what? I have this tool that I've been using that the time zone converter, something like that. And it's my tool to, it's like a reference for me that, okay, this is the time zone in US, uh, in Canada, in Brazil. So what is the time that it's uh, really aligned to everyone? So it's it's very, very helpful for me. I would also like um, to share something about uh, ED's remote First culture, uh, actually, it's um, etched in my heart now. It's the VUCA environment. Uh, Lisa mentioned this before. Um, this VUCA environment, it's the volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous environment. Uh, this is where we can also uh, we can make mistakes and learn from them. Uh, and these learnings. Um, can lead to consistent uh, professional improvement and growth. Economics design is, you know, a great uh, workplace to establish this um, remote first culture. As uh, like Rob said earlier, we are also given freedom, the flexibility in the things we do for work, especially time for our family and leisure as well. We can uh, work anywhere we want, wherever we're comfortable working. Also, aside from freedom, um, we're also given responsibility uh, to do things on our own way uh, or decide on our own for as long as it's aligned to our purpose, goals, um, and results. And lastly, we also establish um, transparent communication where uh, where we feel comfortable asking questions, seeking support, and sharing our thoughts. It's like fostering a sense of belonging in, uh, in our organization. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Aiko. And the last member of the team, June, would you like to share your thoughts on the remote first environment, especially how it has changed from when you first started at Economic Design to where we are now? Um, well, I think the very huge difference that I can see is 
actually everyone spoke about it already. It's actually transparency. I can see a lot of improvement in this area. So <clears throat> when I first joined ED, um, most of the information was sort of really being kept to each team or ourselves. So like, for example, like um, for finance, we don't really share anything with anyone. So it's only um, maybe Lisa will know what I'm doing. So currently we actually have this culture that, you know, okay, finance is doing this, um, each team is doing this. So just to let everyone know what each other is doing. So it's sort of, we break the bubble of everyone that's inside this bubble as Edit said before. So uh, I think it's quite cool to understand from this area. And also I think what I can really speak about our remote culture is that um, because it's something that's still quite new. So um, it's very different from traditional companies where right now we actually do have a say in the culture aspect. For example, if um, we want to provide feedbacks or speak about how we feel about the culture that we are building together, we can, we can say that and then you know, we can always improve on it. It's not the end yet. So we are constantly improving. So everyone's feedback is always welcomed. So I think um, I do really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much, June. And unfortunately, we're coming up on the one hour mark here on, on our episode. But before we end, I'd just like to ask an open question to the, to our speakers, our guests for today on some parting thoughts before we end the session. So one quick, maybe one, two minute to anyone who wants to speak. Go ahead, guys. Absolutely. I'll jump in here. Um, you know, I think the the important thing for folks in the Web three space to remember is that there is uh, there will definitely be ups and there will be downs, um, but uh, you you just have to uh, kind of keep the faith. And you know, I think as long as you are working on something that you're passionate about and you know that you believe in, then um, you know you can definitely make something great, no matter where the market is, and uh, you know, kind of be ready for the uh, the, the happy days that are hopefully to come. You will come, you know for sure. <laughs> After every. Uh... Bear market, there's a bull phase, and it's coming pretty soon. We can smell it. Uh, and um, I just want to wrap uh, with uh, an advice. Uh, I got uh, robbed and scammed and uh, lost a lot of tokens because I'm a truly gen. So my advice is <laughs> do your research, uh, be safe, and uh, make sure that uh, you don't come to formal and just like uh, do things that make sense. If it's too beautiful, Usually it's it's bad. Yeah, Femi, after the call here, I've got a project I wanted to talk to you about. <laughs> it's your own token. I'm oh, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Kiefer. Don't uh, don't dwell too much on the missed opportunities or the things that, that were done badly. Like there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things that you can a lot of opportunities for anyone who's been in the space long enough that that you missed and just Think forward to the future. Don't dwell on on the things that went wrong. Um, just continue to think about how to improve your decisions going forward. You can only 
uh, and, and think about did you make a good decision based on the information that you had on the time, not what the, the overall output was. And so just make sure you're being fair to yourself and continuing to, to learn and improve your decision-making processes. Gio, do you have any final points? Absolutely, I can add a little bit here. Um, I think for me, my piece of advice, my two cents um, would be to really, if you are working in Web3 or if you intend to work on Web3, um, just study and understand the ethos of the industry. I think that's one of the things that a lot of people don't really get to until they're in and then they're a little bit scared. So take a look at the ethos, see if it fits with your personality, with what you believe, um, because I'm sure that if you have this clear in your mind, um, it would help you a lot in in work if you do here or just as a as a hobby if you like to keep up with the trends so you understand things um, a lot better if you are within the the ethos and the culture of of the sector. June, any last thoughts for you? Anything you want to say to our viewers before we end? Oh, well, I think just but in this industry, this culture, it's very new, but I think people shouldn't shy away from this. I think this is the future. So I guess people should just embrace it and really try to learn more about this space. Um, I believe this will definitely benefit you in the future. Aiko, parting words. Yeah, um, for me, um, not everyone has the privilege to gain insights and learn from this space. But, uh, you know, I'm just so fortunate to have had this chance to learn from economics design, uh, especially when it comes to understanding the company, the Web3, the blockchain, and even some of the valuable um, life lessons uh, we've shared together, especially the importance of um, the purpose and our passion. Also, um, I would like to uh, take this chance to support women as well in Web3. Um, you know, the involvement of women in Web3 is, um, I think, it's very great help in amplifying the voices of women. Uh, this not only support the equality, but also I believe it will unlock the full potential of Web3 technologies that uh, benefits everyone. Thank you, thank you. Aiko, uh, Elliot. So I just want to share that uh, I appreciate all of you for enjoying or maybe not my experiments when it comes to our remote first culture. <laughs> so thank you for being uh, part gu guinea pigs and parts uh, willing participants to, to actually enjoy and explore what we're doing here at Economics Design. And um, I guess just following on from what you shared there, Aiko, I want to share that, you know, if you want to come and join economics design, we are uh, always hiring and, you know, meeting different people as we go through this journey. Uh, you know, it's really inspiring to see that Web3 as an industry still is capturing people's attention. As much as there's AI and ChatGBT and all of the other shiny stuff going on, there is still, you know, real attention and interest in Web3. And so don't discount it as a space for you to explore uh, both who you are and also what perhaps you want to do um, 
with your next phase in your career or just in what you're actually looking to uh, be interested and curious in, whether it's personal, professional or whatever it might be. So, yeah, thanks for, for being part of it. And last but not least, Lisa, go ahead. I think today what we've shared is a little glimpse, a little glimpse of what the history of this space has been. This space is not stopping. It's, there's no way to stop. This is a natural evolution of what the internet is. It's good to come in now because it's almost like the start of the financial system, where when finance first started, there were a lot of they hired a lot of mathematicians, biologists, chemists, and physicists coming in to create all these der derivative structures. And today, this traditional finance system and traditional financial system is really very mature. So to enter crypto right now is to be part of the mixed space and history, but it needs still a lot of growth, a lot of new technology and a lot of new opportunities to explore. I think that's a very unique opportunity that is that we're at right now. I think AI is part of the tool set. It is not the main channel and it will feed into all these new other variations and new other protocols that will come. So I'm really excited about what the next couple of years will be. And I think the growth will be quite unstoppable. Okay, thank you so much, everyone, for taking the time out of your busy schedules and joining us for this podcast. Before we end, I'd like to invite everyone who is looking to work inside Web3 to take a look at the Economic Design website to check if there are any openings and to, if you think you're a fit for us or if you think that you're a fit for the culture that we have here, do, please do not hesitate and apply to the open positions that we have. And with that, again, thank you to my colleagues for joining us here today. And with that, I'll be wrapping up. Thank you for joining us for the 100th episode of the Economics Design Podcast. GM, and thank you again, everyone. Thank, thank you, Anton. Thank you, everybody. Great.